0: Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Josh Wilson. He is a man of many trades and experiences. More in his bio, uh, from wrestling alligators professionally to fighting fires, delivering babies, saving lives, working with sharks, venture capitalists, not the Great Whites, and a bunch of other stuff. But the thing is, is what he's currently doing now is he is the principal broker and owner of Kingdom Syndicate, and he owns several or hosts several podcasts, including. The Deal Scout and Uncentered Vice for Men, his philosophy beliefs systems shape around are shaped around our values, which guide our principles and that drive our actions. And so it holds true with the topic that we're going to talk about the experience today, which is failures and identity. Josh, thanks for being on the show.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Wow, that guy sounds crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like we just talked about in the green room here is and we can just kind of kick it off a little bit of just kind of like spitting off like some ideas is I, I had a chat with my mindset coach just the other day and hey everybody don't mind there's like they're mowing grass and everything great company by the way um great great family-owned business they're just you know right at the right time while we're hosting like while i'm hosting a podcast they're they're mowing the yarn so don't mind that life happens just like with josh like not everything's polished and, and i think we got connected when we were running our podcast four years ago, even before it became like the thing to do, like celebrities started to do it. And what I really liked about your um, approach to things is you see everybody's like LinkedIn posts where it's super polished. You know, it goes from this month to this month, this year to this year, you know, you you see trajectory, but sometimes maybe they like haven't had the full experience of, you know, effing up. Um, (laughs) And I really love it in the sense of how you have experienced so many different things that you bring to the table, and you are an entrepreneur at heart. And so, first question right out of the gate, you know, from your experience, what is your perspective around failures and identity?
1: Oh my gosh, they're two separate things. This is what I've learned: is is you're an entrepreneur, right? Like I'm an entrepreneur. There, It is, it is my driving force to create to build to invest to to see something change like on the predictable success model like i'm right on the front edge of i want to stir stuff up i want to create i want to try i want to build i'm not a great manager so identity versus the event identity is who am i i'm josh right i'm a i'm a husband father son of god i've got uh, I'm a great friend. I'm a, an investor in people. Those are those are the things that make Josh Josh, right? I will never stop loving and lifting up humanity. On the flip side of that, events. What does Josh do? So we got what? To, who is Josh? And what does Josh do? I do some podcasts. I do some investing. I build businesses. I do these other things. I've failed, and you could see on my LinkedIn. Fifty something failures that I leave up for the world to see; those are events. Failure is an event. I, but if you tie it to your identity, you you'll kill yourself. I almost killed myself because I cashed out government pension to build shit, and I lost. I failed multiple times, food stamps, and all the crap. Right? When the ident when the event becomes the identity, it will destroy you. You got to keep those things separate.
0: I agree. Oh man, there's so many. <laughs> I think with the Amer- I think that there's a shift in the American culture um, as of late of like the great resignation, all this kind of stuff where people are are realizing at a massive scale that your job is not your identity mm-hmm. um, and it's not the begin all. It's not like you go in, you clock in, clock out, get a pension, then you go like, you know, they they did a statistic on, you know, people who went into retirement and how quickly they, the the quality of life went down for them. Because everything was so tied to their work versus like, why can't I, why can't you have passive incomes and still enjoy life? Yeah. Yeah. And so here's, here's another question. And just to kind of backdrop, like our, I think our views on failure are not like, oh, shit went wrong. Like, oh man, there's, it's such a negative thing. No, you, you hit it on the head in the sense it's an event. It's something you tried, you tried out. It might have been, you know, wrong audience, wrong timing, whatever that could be, but you learned from it, and you brought that much more experience to the next level. So, you know, what are, like, when I mentioned, like, the worst failures, so, you know, any particular of those worst failures that have provided you with the best foundations for your identity?
1: Yeah, great question. So, Sean, I've been... I've been in venture capital, been in private equity. I've built millions of dollars worth of businesses and real estate. I've lost my money, built my money. I've handed over keys back to the bank. I've seen two cars go off on the back of a tow truck. Um, I think when it comes to bankruptcies and failures, food stamps and all that stuff, you know, one day I was in VC, the next day I was on the back of a moving truck, um, you know, having to move people's furniture, which moving sucks, by the way. You know, I had to do that to put diapers on my baby's butts, you know, when, when times got tough. But I would say the biggest failure I ever made was my partner, my wife. She's my ultimate life partner, is I did something against her advice. She, We moved to New York for a business deal against her wish. It was kind of like, woman, follow me. Right Now, we've had a lot of ups and downs. My daughter's nine, and we lived in nine different homes. So my wife is along for the ride, and she loves me. And when I was like, hey, we got a deal in New York. We got to go there from Dallas to New York. She's like, babe, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't want to do this. I trust you. But I betrayed the trust of I go, you know, that was my biggest failure of saying, not listening to the wife, not throwing up a red flag and saying, I got to walk away from this cool deal where I'm supposed to make hundreds of thousands of dollars and made nothing, right? That was my biggest failure is not not listening to her, you know?
0: Isn't that amazing how, like, all the stuff can happen, but the people that you align with yourself, that you trust the most, that you communicate the most with, is that trust is so much harder to get back or to – it's kind of like we're horse with blinders. I think you and I are kind of cut from the same cloth. It's kind of like we're the thoroughbred or, and I, I don't even think thoroughbred. We're just like, <laughs> we're just like kind of the sea biscuits of the world. We're like, we were given a chance and we, and we, and we, we try to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and you know, you know, one time, you know, there's a few times where we, we might've won something. We're probably not sea biscuit. We're probably just the second, <laughs> third horse, but we have like, you know, when you have, you see the Kentucky Derby and that kind of stuff, the horses have blinders on. And they just go, 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 go. And I kind of feel like when you when you mentioned, like with your wife, of, you know, hey, we shouldn't do this. And, you know, you learned your lesson from that is, you know, your wife was like almost the jockey in the situation where the, yeah. the people's advice, they help you in the sense of wh- how you should pace, where you should turn. They're looking at all the other horses and scenarios versus like, oh, I have this deal. I need to win this race done. Yeah. And life's just not like that. Like, and, and, and that's kind of like counterintuitive of how, um, you're seeing like the economy and everybody deconstructing that we're decentralizing things you're noticing bitcoin and everything else there's a, such a decentralization to everything where it allows people to have the autonomy to do what they want to do and so you know my next question is and i think you kind of hinted on some stuff is you know how do you bridge that gap between identity and experience with your brands basically experience with you
1: yeah so i i look at it this way you know i built built a bunch of cool stuff. Also lost lost a bunch of cool stuff. And um, after building 10 podcast shows, doing about a thousand interviews and and working with people ranging from porn stars to pastors to investors to all having this conversation and then getting to a point in my life where I tried to humble myself, where I actually listen to other people's thing, not just running my mouth and do more listening. Um, what I found is that bridging the gap of identity identity is something that is built on a foundation of a belief system right like i believe in god i believe that i'm created for a purpose i believe that i have a uh, a mission here i believe so it's based on my belief systems which ultimately drive my actions right when the actions or events dictate the identity you get it upside down then you 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 have midlife crisis i've had four midlife crisis. I'm 40 years old. Okay. So like I had the formula backwards. And once you get the formula aligned, you ask the right questions in the right order, then you could find fulfillment, purpose, not tied to an event or an outcome. I'm happy. I'm thrilled. I went through depression. I went through anxiety. I thought about killing myself. I, I lost people that I loved. And I, I I, I grew, you know, like when the world was falling apart, I was afraid, I was angry, I was anxious, but I found my peace. And now I'm trying to help other guys with that.
0: I, I applaud you. Like I, (laughs) over the last few years, I mean, I I agree with you. Like you said it. you set out in your own way. I sought out help with mindset coaches a lot mm-hmm. of people are like, well, what, like what's a mindset coach or woo woo or all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's not, I mean, there's things backed by science, neuroscience and other things where, you know, you see extremely successful people in certain things, but it took years, decades yeah. for them to formulate to that point experiences. They sought out help through because they they knew something was wrong and they yeah. did something about it. And I think that's amazing. The sense of that is in the reverse of like where you're finding peace where you're like, I identify that my belief system is this and I'm driving actions and events that are not aligned to my identity. Yeah. How do I fix that? And so, and, and, and it shows in your experiences that you're showing with your brand, you know, this is how I'm helping other people. This is what I'm talking about. And so this is kind of the floor, no more, no more grilling questions here, but this is the floor in the sense of, Share your story. Like, this is an open floor of like if you want to share something of you know your experience of how that helped other people, whatever the floor's yours.
1: Yeah. Thank you for that. I'm a master, like an expert, trained by the best in the world. My dad was the absolute best guy at putting on a mask, right? He could be bleeding out. My dad was a Vietnam vet, two purple hearts, you know, bayoneted, gutted, uh, ran, you know, had so many cool. Everybody who knew my dad loved my dad, right? He was a master of, he could be bleeding out and you still think he's doing great, right? That guy had no weaknesses from the outside world. I knew him on the inside, so I knew what was going on. But he was a master of putting a mask on. And I was trained by this guy. voted I, I, I moved to a new place when, in, in high school, and within a few years, I was claimed the most popular kid in school. I knew how to work the system, work the game. I got into LinkedIn and I became a LinkedIn influencer and I I had some podcasts hit top of charts. So I'm a master of wearing a mask. I was going bankrupt and people were still sending me messages going, hey, will you invest in my business? And finally, like I cracked. The mask started to kill me. It started to suffocate me. The mask that I thought, trying to get people to like me, I have a high need for people's approval, for people to validate me to people to like me. I want I want that so bad. Josh, you're awesome. Go, Josh, go. You know, I want that so bad. And that mask that I was wearing to make everybody like me started to kill me. And going through anxiety and depression and counseling and coaching and loss of my father and all this stuff, my world flipped and broke. And um, I found the only freedom from that suffocation is to do the exact opposite. I stand on a cold, wet day with an open kimono going, this is who I am, this is what I got, shriveled or not, like me or not, this is who I am, now I'm here to show up to the world. And when you're able to show up to the world without guilt, without fear, Without shame, you can really help impact people's lives. So now, and and one of my ultra-wealthy friends told me this. I was going bankrupt, and, and I was like, man, I feel so embarrassed. My calling is to invest in people, to be an investor, an advisor, a a coach for guys, and here I am. I, how, how am I supposed to be a consultant on how to build or invest, and I'm losing it all again? How can I – and he said, Josh – because you share your story and your testimony, because you share these things, you'll be able to help more people. And he's ultra wealthy. He said, You'll be able to help more people than me. I could give money, I could write checks, but I don't have your story. Your story will help. And at that point, and he goes, and welcome to the club. We've all gone bankrupt. We've all lost our and I was like, really? He goes, Yeah, man. Like we've we've all lost our money and such like and I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. And he's like, Yeah. And I had billionaires tell me that. And I, it just it blew my mind because we live behind masks. And we only see what social media or the newspapers. But I've talked and I've coached a lot of very successful people who are hurting on the inside because they're hiding behind a mask and they're lonely. Nobody knows them. So I I took the exact opposite approach. Here we go. Stand nude in front of the world. Not nude. I, I really don't do that. I have a show called Uncensored Advice for Men. However, no nude pics. Please don't send me any nude pics either. I'm married, happily married. All right, but that's that for me. That's freedom.
0: Yeah, you're. I mean, you're you're bearing your soul. Yep. You're bearing your soul into, and not seeking validation when you bear your soul. You're just saying, "This is me. Accept me. This is this is this is what it is." And I think that, um, not only with you know what ha- like what is happening to you, but also surrounding the people that don't bring you down. It's almost like that lobster technique where people boil lobsters and the one that's trying to escape the rest of them, bring it back down saying, Hey, you're going to die with us. When sometimes you just kind of have to let go of that. You have to let go of, um, the people that are kind of bringing you down too, or the events that kind of brought you down because it might not happen tomorrow. It might happen in a year. It might happen in a decade, but life will get better. And like, I don't know. And when you mention social media, we're in that society where it's that instant gratification all the time. Like we don't need that instant gratification all the time. We don't need to like, you know, people are like mentioning, like, I can like, comment, this kind of stuff. That's great. But, you know, I'd rather, you know, talk to a coworker or talk to you or talk to somebody saying, you know, I hear you, I validate that, you know, you don't, know, you don't, you're not seeking it, but I want to let you know how grateful I am to hear to hear about it. And just one of those, you know, you know you know, good job, that kind of stuff. But giving context around it, it fulfills you for that. I mean, it fulfills you for a long time. It gives you that energy versus like a like or comment. It's just that like dopamine hit where it's kind of like, okay, that was great. Where's the next one? Yeah, it's a lie. It's a lie we
1: bought into. And here's the thing. <laughs> I don't do this, but I could buy a thousand likes. I can go to a website and say, oh, you know what? I got a social media post. I want to buy likes and comments. I could pay for that. And I just find that when we when I found myself checking how many views did I get on this show? How many likes did I get? How many comments? I got trapped in that rather than the mission. Who am I trying to connect with? Who am I trying to help? Who am I trying to you know, lift up? What kind of deals am I trying to do? And that's why I mean that's why we stood up our public relations company because we're sick of that. We're we're mm-hmm. sick of dealing with that kind of stuff. I just I think it's it's harmful. And when my daughter Oh man, we we made a video. She's like, make me vi- make a video. Let's put it on YouTube. We'll be famous nine years old or how she was eight, maybe. And it just broke my heart that that was I am the same. I'm still trying to get people to like me, you know. And here's an eight year old that I'm training to be this. So I was like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Deleted a bunch of social media stuff and just got out of that world, just unplugged and just middle finger up and said, screw you guys, I'm out.
0: Yeah. And if you kind of look back at like the most famous social media, like the people who own those
1: mm-hmm.
0: are pretty much the most anti-social people. Weird, huh? Yeah. I mean, and and the other thing is, is that the most successful people are usually the most quiet people. Yeah. Because they got to the point where like, Hey, I just want to, I just want to help a certain amount of people. I'm focusing on helping these people through the course of my career versus like I need to have ten thousand followers to do this and be an influencer, and that's great if you want to be an influencer and that's giving you that's that's re-energizing you. That's that's making you healthy, but you know that's not that's not for everybody.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, man, such a good point. Now I've got let's 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 break down the numbers. I've got on LinkedIn. I'm looking at my LinkedIn twenty one thousand two hundred and thirty six followers. Air quote followers. If you're just listening in. You know, none of them, none of them has sent me a message going, Hey, dude, like, how are you doing, man? Mm -hmm. (laughs) When I post something, they might go, Cool. Hey, could you get me money? Here's the two most common messages I get on LinkedIn Congrats on the new job, because I've had a lot of them and a lot of failures. And could you give us money? Can you find us money? Can you invest in us? Can you, it has something to do with money, either more customers, more money, more this, you know? So, like, is, is that real? Are we are we chasing those followers, or are we really building value and building a little tribe of people that we could build and support and lift up? Man, you mentioned a really cool dude who who does this well, and uh, you know that's where I'm moving towards. Yeah, audience is cool. I'll put something out, but man, I'd rather build my little tribe. These people exactly. that I I go the distance with, you know.
0: Well, and you're noticing that in the kind of the marketing world too, where it's less lead gen and more demand gen. So you're weeding out and you're prospecting out all the people who are they might be viewing you, they might be following you, they might be whatever, but you're weeding out all of the, those people who are not engaging in an event, in an action that is tied back to how they're relating to your identity. Yeah, and weeding it yeah. down and 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 making those actions. So, I mean, we could talk on and all about this. But you know this is the last part of the episode, and you know it intertwines with your identity. It's about you. So Josh, like you know, for work, hobby, and health, if you want to kind of like give a synopsis of, or a kind of a breakdown for those things of you know how do you operate to kind of give inspiration to other people in the sense that, you know, I've had listeners you know say that you know this was interesting because I thought I was the only one or I felt I, you know that, you know, what I do for health or what I do for hobby or whatever is not significant. But that's the thing is everybody is unique in that that respect of our genetic makeup, our experiences, because not everybody has the same experience. I mean, our our fingerprints are all different. Our teeth are all like all this kind of stuff. And so I I just wanted to, you know, have another share your floor about you and basically open the kimono. Hopefully you have underwear underneath.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Boxers. Um, So I love one of my favorite morning routines. I typically wake up pretty early and I'll do some workout, go for a jog, push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, whatever. Nothing crazy. I don't go to a gym. I've, I've got three kids, nine, five, and two at the time of this recording. But one of my favorite things to do is I walk my daughter to school. And then I walk to my office. I say hey to all the crossing guards. I say hey to the teachers. And it's just like small, small little town. I love that process of walking daughter to school every single day, kissing her, telling her I'm proud of her, helping her change her mindset of being gratitude, you know, being that of thankfulness and peace. And and uh so I just want to impart that. I get I get that time to be with her every single morning. So that's my favorite routine, my favorite structure. In um, terms of hobbies, stuff that I do, I've got three kids, so I don't have a lot of me time, and I'm taking care of some some um, family members who are sick. So I'm like walking people through some really tough times. Um, so I don't have a lot of time to be like, oh, I want to build a boat. I don't have that. Um, I do really enjoy hanging out with the wifey with a glass of wine or uh, tequila or scotch or something like that, sitting on the front porch chatting. I really enjoy destructive things like cutting down trees, digging big holes, breaking stuff like the the that physical exertion of chopping down a tree. So I'll just bring out the trimmer and I'm constantly trimming our trees. Our trees probably look terrible. I don't care. But like to me that's that's fun and uh it exerts energy and I get to uh I get to do something with my hands like building a deck or building stuff. Just don't get me painting. I absolutely am terrible painter, absolutely terrible.
0: We are kindred spirits in that. I'm actually hiring <laughs> a contractor to to do that because I'm like, nope, I don't have the attention span. I I won't finish it. Yeah. But you know, yeah, n- give give me something to do like mulching or something like that to get your hands yeah. dirty and like look at and and see like uh, it's a physical thing in the sense you see the achievement that you made, you see a change that you made, and so. Yeah. You know, Josh, thanks for, you know, talking to me about, you know, your your viewpoints on failure, identity, how they interact with one another, um, your experiences from that, how you've built businesses, how that, that identity, you know, relates to how you do business with other people and building customer experiences, as well as, you know, sharing your story of, you know, flipping the script and basically showing up to the world and no guilt, no fear, no shame, as well as um, how you are very tied to your identity of, with your wife, your children, being grateful, having a, a very, a, you know, excellent mindset going into things um, of not, it's not, you know, the mask, but you bri- you basically just ripped off the mask saying, this is who I am. And this is what I can do. And so Josh, thank you for being on this episode.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, awesome job,
1: man. You're doing great stuff, Sean. I appreciate Thank you. you.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And to all the converged coffee drinkers out there, that's a wrap.